Welcome out to another episode of Really Cool People. This week's guest is Jen Larson. Jen Larson is actually my mom. She is a really cool person because of her experiences with overcoming cancer, overcoming the devastation of losing her father during her early 30s, and gives really great advice to all people, but especially mothers out there. We know that you guys will benefit from this, whether or not you're a mother. There's some really good advice for you, so... We hope you enjoy. All right, everybody. Welcome to another episode this week. We have Jen Larson with us. She is actually my mom, so she's a very special guest. Um, Would you like to start off by introducing yourself a little bit? So this year is a big milestone for me. I turn 50 (laughs) in August. And as I reflect back on my life, can see that it's divided into a few different phases. I was born and raised in Mapleton, Utah. My family had lived there for many generations, both sides of my family. So I grew up with grandparents and great-grandparents and family farms. It was a great place to be raised. I felt a lot of security and love, and I felt safe. I went to BYU where I graduated in business and met the love of my life, (laughs) Randy. And we were married after I graduated and moved to the southwestern part of Salt Lake County where we spent the next 20 years of our life. In that space, we had our four children and Randy attended lots of years of school, including five years of graduate school. And a bit on a whim, we decided to move to Wasatch County, where we have spent the last seven and a half years raising our family and moving on to the next step. Now we have two married children and a third one who will graduate from high school this year. And then our little bonus caboose, who will turn 10 next week. That's amazing. Well, thank you so much for sharing. So I don't want to sound too arrogant right now, but it might come off a little arrogant, so I'll just pause. Um, I think that I know your kids pretty well. I think so. I think they're they're a fun bunch, um, but I think that they could also be a little crazy and a little oh, hard, to, yeah. hard to manage. Um, Maverick especially, that kid's crazy. I love that kid. <laughs> um, we all have our little bit yeah. of crazy. <laughs> so with those crazy kids, what would you say the most challenging thing is about being a mother? I think the transition of becoming a mother is very difficult because your life has been so focused on yourself for however many years, whenever that time comes for you to make the choice to become a mother, and suddenly you have this little person with 10 fingers and 10 toes who needs you for everything (laughs) at whatever time of the day and or night and your life is not your own and it never will be again they never go away we're still here (laughs) 20 years later (laughs) we do understand jen that you had a little bit of time in your life where it was difficult to become pregnant um can you tell us a little bit about the the pain and the heartache that came with that? That is a little tricky. So our first three children were born exactly three years apart with a perfect plan. And somehow you thought you had control over that. 
And then I learned the valuable lesson of I'm not in charge, which is really tricky for me. And I, I could get pregnant, but I couldn't maintain a pregnancy. So after the birth of Ansley in 2003, we had a space where we had three miscarriages. And that was really, really a dark, painful time in my life. I had little kids that needed my attention and focus. And yet the, the heartache of not being able to choose to have another child was really tricky. I, I think my kids could feel how sad that made me. And I truly will say that Addison prayed for her little brother. And that's the only reason he came because of her constant prayers. She had a lot more faith than I did. So tell us about the joy that you felt carrying Maverick. I mean, obviously there was stress because you had had three miscarriages, but making it to those final weeks, preparing to have him, what was there a lot of joy? Was there like nervous, like kind of like your first pregnancy? How did you? No, with your first pregnancy, you're completely oblivious and you don't know anything <laughs> can go wrong. And luckily, I had a second and third pregnancy with that same experience. By the time I was 39 and pregnant with Maverick, everything that could go wrong or possibly had gone wrong was there in my mind. And I didn't have any, I had constant anxiety through that pregnancy. And so I don't think I felt the great love and joy and calm until after he was actually here on February 8th of 2011. I wasn't even very nice to any of the nurses in the delivery room. Hey, it's a stressful time. <laughs> yeah, well, your dad was really embarrassed to be in the room with me because I was not nice. I, I wrote apology letters to those nurses after the fact. I doubt that they got them, but I did write them and sent them. So hopefully someone read them. Well, I can imagine that that would be one of the tougher things um, in that in-between period where you were desiring something good, right? All your life you're taught that uh, having a family is one of the greatest blessings of life, but more than blessing, it's, it's also one of the greatest responsibilities that we have. Um, so I can imagine that the joy that eventually did come when Maverick came, as he's one of the, I, I make fun of him for being a silly, crazy kid, but he's, he seriously is one of the most special kids, and I think that um, he was sent to your family in a way that, that only could have come through that, that heartache. I think that those hard times and the, the difficulties that came before that are part of what shaped him to become such an amazing kid and, and led you to be able to, to raise him in such a, such a good way. So. I don't know, that's just a little thought that I had thinking about that. Yeah. Well, not only was my mom struggling with maintaining a pregnancy during this time, after your first miscarriage was when you found out that you had issues with your thyroid, correct? Yes. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about that experience. So my first uh, miscarriage occurred in the fall, and I had a DNC at the new IMC Medical Center on the very first day that it opened. I was one of the wow. first patients, which happened to be Halloween. So we canceled Halloween at our house and sent our 
children to Mapleton to have Halloween with their cousins and their grandma. And I locked the front door and turned the lights off and pretended the world wasn't going to continue to go around. And thought if I hid in the back corner of my dark bedroom that no one would know and I could pretend that nothing had ever bad happened in our life and we'd be able to move on. I quickly learned that that wasn't the case as I returned to the doctor and he found lumps in my neck that were quickly diagnosed as thyroid cancer. And so before Christmas of that year, I had my thyroid removed. The cancer had gone into some lymph nodes. And I think that was a scary time for my kids. And it was a scary time for me because I wasn't very old. And to think that cancer is a scary word. We, we don't often really take the time to understand how people feel in that situation, but more importantly that we use one word to describe so many different types of sicknesses that have so many different potential outcomes. It's crazy to think because you hear the word cancer and red alarms start flashing in your brain and you're like, wait, like you hear like people terminally ill. Oh, I have five years. I have five months, whatever it is. And with a lot of people like yourself, if they could remove the cancer, you you were good. And so I can imagine the stress and the red alarms going off in your brain, especially yours is my mom. <laughs> but yeah, that, that would be very difficult. So what kind of an outlook did the doctors give you when you were diagnosed initially? Was it a, a positive outlook? Was it a, a message of hope? What kind of, what kind of message did they deliver? I was with a doctor who chose to avoid the traditional treatment of thyroid cancer, which initially caused a lot of anxiety and concern, not within myself, but primarily for others. And so typically when you are diagnosed with thyroid cancer, they have you drink a radioactive iodine. And my doctor did not choose that as my form of treatment. And I felt peace and comfort with that decision, but I didn't get that from those around me. And so that was hard for me to be providing reassurance to other people <laughs> when I was the one who was sick. <laughs> How long was it after that that your that grandpa passed away? Do you want to talk about um, that experience of losing your dad during a difficult time? and how you were able to cope with that. I mean, you're the oldest sister and a heavy responsibility was placed on your shoulders. So my father had been diagnosed with congestive heart failure at the age of 50. He had four grandchildren and that was an overwhelming time for our family. But I think a time that we came together and we learned maybe a little less dependence on him as Kind of like the patriarch of the family. Yeah, he still very much had the role of a patriarch. He was very, he was a very dominant personality. He just liked to be in charge, and mostly we were all okay with that. And for the next 11 years, I think he had an opportunity to kind of review and make some decisions for our family. We had some really great opportunities traveling 
And I don't know that his heart ever fully recovered. There were some real stressful events that occurred both within his business and within our family at that time. And on the morning of May 5th, 2010, I got a phone call from my mother that said my dad had died. I didn't even know how to react to that. It, it was a surreal conversation to have with your mother. And I had always lived far away, so I couldn't even be there quickly to be part of that. It, it took an hour for me to get there. So we lost the strength of the patriarch in our family, and everyone had to take on different roles. My brother was 30. He had to take on the role of running our family business. My sister was going through a difficult divorce, and so she was hard for her just to wake up and, and manage her own family and what was going on in her own home. My second sister really took the role of helping my mom on a daily basis and being there, having lived really close to her. And then I, as the oldest, I was the trustee for my parents' estate with my mom. And that, I got a full-time job overnight. That was tricky. So when you have so many different things just pile up throughout a larger amount of time, how do you how do you deal with that? What kind of emotions do you experience? And what were the steps that helped you to, to find hope or to find faith through it all? I think initially you have to push the emotion out. You have to, yeah, you have to deal with the immediate crisis in front of you. And that sometimes doesn't work out so good. In me having a full-time job, suddenly my children were on their own a lot. My, my kids learned how to do things that I had always done for them, which was a really great thing. And I probably wouldn't have let them make their own lunches or do their own hair or silly things that I had control over. But you just have to get out of bed every day and you have to do what needs to be done. And some days are easier than others. You, you find hope in both the plan of salvation and through the love of our Savior. And, and you recognize that the atonement not only has the power of forgiveness, but it has the power of healing. If we just apply that peace in our lives, but you have to ask, ask the Savior to be part of your life through that healing. It's kind of funny to listen to you talk about this being one of the kids, because you mention your kids a lot as you've experience these difficult things. Um, and being a mom is a difficult job in itself when you're not experiencing cancer or your parent passing away or whatever else it is in this life. Maybe you have a child that's sick. Um, what advice would you give to mothers who may be in a similar situation of um, really struggling and can't see the light at the end of the tunnel? What, what advice would you give to them? It's a lot easier to parent little children than it is to parent adult children. Even with all that craziness. <laughs> I would say that now. Um, sometimes the days are long. Your dad spent a lot of time away from our house with his job that was so demanding. And so we had a lot of time, just mom and kid time, running around in the car and trying to 
make it to the next day. But you can find hope and joy in the small little moments. And you can teach your kids how to work by working with them. And you can laugh when things don't turn out the way you plan because that's more normal than (laughs) than it working out the opposite (laughs) way yes thank you for sharing that advice i think that it's applicable for a lot of people listening to you share your story i've I've heard a lot of your stories um through addison and little conversations you know you and i have had um here and there but what comes to mind right now uh, now that we're here on a sunday and that you're you're talking about your testimony of jesus christ um, I think of the apostles um, after the Savior left them. I think that that was one of those times where they were given an opportunity to make a decision, like, what are you going to do now? And a lot of them made just a more human decision at that time to go back to whatever their life was like before. Um, where you lose your dad, you're given the opportunity to decide, what do, what do we do now? How do we move forward? Um, I think that when the Savior came back and told the apostles, no, just because I'm gone doesn't mean the work stops. In some ways, very similar to, to this story because it shows that though they went through a trial, though they lost their leader, um, they had the opportunity to grow and to learn. And in some ways at this time, though it was hard, it was, it was inevitable. At some point, the Savior had to leave them. And at some point, they were going to have to learn to start doing things on their own. And, you know, it doesn't matter whether it was going to be at that point or 20 years down the road. They had the opportunity at that point that it did happen to choose and to grow. And though they were reluctant at first, they eventually did and they became all the better for it. And, you know, that's the same as as all all of our struggles, I think. And I think listening to your experiences, it sounds like, I mean, you might have to go back and listen to some of what she said, but... The, re- the reality is that every one of those difficulties that she talks about, she's also mentioned a lesson that she's learned. She mentions learning to be more dependent when she, she lost her father. Uh, Jen's talked about um, becoming a better mother through ha- struggling to get pregnant. There's, there's a lot of little lessons and a little, little things I'm grateful that you've shared with us because we do really learn in, in the hard times. I think we're kind of to a wrapping up point. Um, It's cool to look at your story because a lot of times all the pieces in the moment don't feel like they fit together. But I think it's really cool to look back and see how it all does come together um, and how you can overcome those really hard things. We live in a time where we're surrounded by hard and Nobody's going to escape um, trials and challenges. They're, every day you face something new. Um, and I think it's really important to learn from those who um, have, have developed that ability to overcome those hardships. And I am so lucky that I have my mom as the person that I can learn from. Um, And I wanted to share that with everybody because it has been one of the biggest blessings in my life to hear her story and to remember that when I wake up and I have a hard test and I don't want to study for it, but I know that in the end it'll be worth it to study and to do my best. Um, 
it's nothing compared to what she's overcome. And I'm sure that there are difficulties ahead and we just have to do our best to prepare for them right now. Um, so kind of in closing, what good vibes do you have to leave with us here in the hive? Some people's struggles are more visible than others, but we all have challenges. And whether or not those are decisions we've made personally or experiences that other people have imposed on our life to create hardship or just the challenges that life brings as we move through this world. But I learned early on that if I shared my experiences and challenges with others and I was open about my medical situation or my struggles in my family or just life in general, that I could relate to a lot more people and they could relate to me and hopefully we could learn from each other. And I think that that's been a real takeaway. Having my life not be private, I know has helped both myself as well as many other people. That's perfect. Thank you so much for sharing that with us. Again, thank you for joining us, even though it maybe pushed you a little bit out of your comfort zone. <laughs> um, I know that, that your experience is going to help a lot of people. So thank you for sharing. joining us for this week's edition of Really Cool People. If you're not following us on social media yet, you really need to. We're on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Go follow us. Subscribe to our podcast to make sure you don't miss out on any adventures from our Good Vibe Hive. We'll see you next Saturday for another edition of Really Cool People.